This podcast is sponsored by Elvi, who makes smart technology products for women and birthing people, including the innovative pelvic floor trainer, LV Trainer, and their amazing hands-free electric breast pump range, including the LV Pump and LV Stride. LV find new solutions and create smart products, whilst leading taboo-busting conversations. What I think makes LV so amazing and a brand I love and admire is their commitment to develop innovative products using the latest technology to address issues predominantly experienced by women that have long been overlooked. We all know our bodies are pretty incredible. We can choose to actually grow and feed mini-humans. LV believes that we shouldn't have to make do with shoddy design or pink spin-offs. Our smart bodies deserve to have smart tech to support us. LV's mission is to improve our lives through smarter technology. What's not to love? Just a warning, this episode does contain some adult language, so please listen with care, especially if little ears are around. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you can spare the time to write a review, please do. It would make my day. Welcome to Up The Duff Pod, a brand new pregnancy, birth and parenting podcast brought to you by The Positive Birth Company. In this first series, we are diving straight in at the deep end and tackling taboos. The everyday stuff most people experience after having a baby, but which nobody likes to talk about. I'll be chatting to friends of The Positive Birth Company about their experiences, as well as sharing my own, on everything from poo, wee, mind, body, sex and bodily fluids. If it's a bit gross or a bit embarrassing, you can be sure we've got it covered. Before I go any further and introduce this week's guest, I should probably let you know who I am. My name is Siobhan Miller, my pronouns are she, her. I am a mum to three boys who I co-parent with their dad and I am currently pregnant with my fourth baby and I'm doing it solo by choice. I'm also the founder of The Positive Birth Company and the author of Hypnobirthing, Practical Ways to Make Your Birth Better. I love talking about everything relating to pregnancy, birth and the postpartum period. And because I'm lucky enough to have done it a fair few times, I can confidently say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, to most of the things we'll be discussing, from poo dramas to leaky boobs. And I'll be sure to share my stories in the hope they help you feel less embarrassed and, at the very least, so you know you are not alone. Today I'm joined by a very special guest and someone I've known for many years. We first met when she was pregnant with her second baby and came to a hypnobirthing class. We've met many times since and each time she tells me she's been pregnant. (laughs) She's now got four children. She's the author of a book called Own It, all about body confidence and self-confidence. She's also a content creator and speaker. You can find her on Instagram at the fat funny one. And I'm really, really honored that you've joined me today in the studio to record this podcast episode. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. So in this um, series, our topic is taboos. We're talking about all the things that people tend not to talk about. And in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about all things sex and trying to do so without being awkward. And (laughs) I've had a fair bit of it considering I've got four kids, right? So at least four times. times, Same. (laughs) Eight Um, times because you have to practice. Oh yeah, one practice go each time. So we're going to be answering frequently asked questions such as, is it safe to have sex in pregnancy? Will having sex bring labour on? And when should you have sex for the first time after birth? 
We will also be discussing how you can feel more confident and sexy after birth in your changing body and tips for getting in the mood and initiating intimacy if you feel exhausted and it's been a while, which we can probably all relate to. Just a little bit. Um, So we'll be talking about sex with your significant other, but also solo sex. So whether you're in a relationship or you're a single parent, this episode is for you. Okay, so first let's talk about sex in pregnancy. I think a really common myth is that or not even a myth, like people are just unsure, is it safe? Mm, totally. You're not going to poke the baby in the face. I think like, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. I think that people, if they're having penetrative sex, if they're yeah. in a heterosexual relationship, that the guy is thinking, if I'm going to put it in you, I'm going to be like smacking the baby <laughs> yeah, in the head. Not happening. Like, I don't know and who it, you think you are. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, it's not going to happen. I definitely think... I've always been advised it's safe to, unless there is some medical reason yeah. why you shouldn't. I mean, and that's I, the key thing. It's yeah. safe to have sex in pregnancy unless you've been advised otherwise. Yeah. And the only time I've been advised otherwise is, I think, second pregnancy. And my waters have broke, but I hadn't gone into labour yet. And that was the only time they said, absolutely not, because your waters are broken, so please don't. So when your waters are broken, because that normally protects the baby from yes. infection, if you were to have sex, then there's a chance that bacteria or yeah. whatever could travel up and reach the the baby so yeah so after that and the only time I've been told to avoid having penetrative sex is when I had sex when I was pregnant with my second baby and then had blood loss afterwards right so I don't know why that occurred you know obviously I was checked over everything was fine but obviously there's quite a lot of blood in that area so they said just to avoid having penetrative sex so unless you've been told specifically for a reason it's perfectly safe to have sex mm. and yeah, no and matter. you might want to. I think people think yeah. that every pregnancy is different. I've had it four times, and sex or, or baby, <laughs> both for pregnancy um, or for sex experiences. I think in some pregnancies I've really wanted to, and it's been fine. And others I've been like, don't even come near me, leave me alone. And so I definitely think it's up to you if you want to. It's not strange. I think I've read so many forums or where people have gone, oh, you know is it right to be horny when you're pregnant? This feels really wrong because it's almost like you want to deny yourself of that because now you're just focusing on the baby. I'm carrying a baby. This is all I should focus on. And also, like, there's that mother-whore dynamic, like, isn't there, that still exists, like, in our Mm -hmm. culture. And it's like, you're either one or the other. And if you're going to be carrying a baby, you're going to be, like, this gracious, pure, pure, like, you know, pregnant with baby, like, which is funny because you have to usually have had sex to have the baby, but yeah, it's like, it seems at odd then to be horny and wanting to like explore your sexuality mm. and have a good time when you're pregnant. But actually, you're still you. Yeah, so. totally. And your body will still want it sometimes. Yeah. Your body does want it or it doesn't want it. And whatever that feeling is, yeah. go with that. Like if yeah. that's what feels natural to you, that's totally you, okay. You might be like suffering really bad sickness and yeah. be like, I'm just going to vomit. I don't totally. want anyone to even touch me or go near me. Exactly. Or you might be heavily pregnant like I am right now and being like my hips and everything aches and I just want to be alone and not touched. Or you might be feeling really horny and you're like, I want to have sex and I want to have loads of it. And actually I'm feeling more up for it than than before. And And either of those is fine. Yeah. Neither is right or wrong. And I think we live in a world where one feels right or wrong and you don't want to admit it. Um, But there's always going to be someone out there that feels the same way as you. And so I always say to people, if that's what your body wants go with that and actually just communicate that with your partner if you have one have that conversation and I think also let them know it's safe it's what my body wants let's go for it you're not gonna do any (laughs) no one's getting poked in the eye you're fine well unless unless you want to be poked in the eye but the baby's not gonna be poked in the eye no matter how well endowed you are you're you're not gonna be poking through the cervix so don't worry about it (laughs) 
Another frequently asked question is, does sex bring on labour? And again, this is, well, there is some truth to it, actually, but it's a bit like, you know, eating pineapple, eating hot curries, (laughs) like having sex. And you just get these visions of like women that are past their due date, like trying to eat hot curries, having sex all at the same time, (laughs) drinking pineapple juice and like, come on, nipple twiddling. Oh, yeah. Come on, like, come on, baby. There is some truth, but it's not actually the act of sex that brings on labour. It's that magic hormone, oxytocin. And we know that oxytocin does help start labour and get labour established. And if you're induced, the hormone that they will give you is synthetic oxytocin. It's called syntocinon. So whether you're induced or you go into labour spontaneously, you need this magic ingredient, which is oxytocin. And you get that from having an orgasm. You get that from having a good time, from feeling relaxed and happy. But you certainly get a spike when you have an orgasm. So there is a little bit of truth in that. But it's less about the penetration; it's more about the orgasm. So yeah, and I've read it's more about managing, won't... isn't it? Like managing the labour, or not necessarily bringing it on, but the hit of oxytocin can help encourage. Yes, um, it's not a dead, progress. a dead cert, like guaranteed. You know, yeah. you have an orgasm, you're going to go into labour. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a lot going on. Like your body's yeah. got to be ready. But the more oxytocin you have, we know that's going to help. Yeah. But again, if you're heavily pregnant and you're not wanting to have penetrative sex, there are other ways to have an orgasm. Mm. I'm sure we'll get into that, but... <laughs> There's a really good episode on Grey's Anatomy, if anyone watches it. I love it, I'm obsessed. Where um, the obstetrician says that there's a lady who is in labour, but she's kind of struggling it, really progressing. And she's like, well, it's fine, you know, we can progress it, you just need to have an orgasm. And everyone's like, what? Like, are you crazy? And she said, it doesn't have to be penetrative. That's not yeah. what I mean. And she's like, can, I can leave you alone to do that, or your partner can help you. And everyone in the room's like, what? But it's true. And they have this really good episode where they talk about it. So it's certainly something that happens but I love the way they framed it where it's not something that's necessarily going to bring on labour as soon as someone touches you um, or you're excited but it is something that could possibly help progress your labour because of the oxytocin and she talks all about it in that so if anyone loves that I don't know what episode of season yeah and and there's science behind it it's that Hmm. that oxytocin so essentially anything you can do to get the oxytocin going but yeah if your partner is trying to convince you to have sex and is like this will help it's it's actually sorry it's not the sex that's going to help it's me having an orgasm so yeah yeah, you're welcome to give me an orgasm but you're gonna have to work baby (laughs) um that's the thing that's gonna help but you might be up for it and also i think important to say that if your body isn't ready don't avoid sex because you're scared that it's going to start labor prematurely that's not going to happen when your body's ready to go into labour, oxytocin can help. But certainly, if you have sex at 27 weeks, it's not going to bring on labour. So yeah. you don't need to avoid it. So, yeah, it's all good, basically. That's the... You can have sex go in wild, pregnancy. Be free. <laughs> you can have... An orgasm can help with labour. Yeah, be free. But don't have sex if you've... If Been told not to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, I think that this is something that everyone worries about after having a baby, is having sex for the first time after birth. Yeah for a lot of reasons but obviously if you've given birth vaginally or via cesarean there's a lot of tenderness in the lower half of your body if you've given birth vaginally then you could have experienced a tear or there's going to be tenderness or things are going to feel different and of course then thinking about anything going up there (laughs) after something fairly large has just come out (laughs) out and you feel very tender and sore and uncertain about how it's going to feel I think a lot of people can relate to that and feel nervous about when are they going to have sex for the first time and what's it going to be like yeah and i think a lot of people set in their mind like that six week check that you get afterwards where you kind of get signed off where they're like yeah everything's good you've healed people think well that's the time then i can have sex then but actually you might not be feeling it at all yeah 
you're six weeks after having a baby, you're still healing, you're exhausted. You might not feel in the mood, but you might feel this pressure that, well, I've had my six week check, I've been signed off, so I should be having sex now. Have you got any sort of tips for that, really? It's a bit similar to having sex during pregnancy. You might be told from a medical reason not to. So always go on that advice as well, because that's really important. With the pressure, I think that comes from a lot of different places. But one of the key pressures that I always hear people talk about is the pressure of pleasing their partner and wanting that six week up because they, you know, they want to please them because they're so worried that maybe they've had this distance or time Because it could be the longest time without... If you've been having sex regularly in your relationship and perhaps you've continued having sex regularly in pregnancy, actually from giving birth to then the time when you feel ready to have sex Mm -hmm. again, that might have been the longest time that you've gone without sex because it could be quite a few months yeah and I think that six week mark isn't like a target to get to it's not something that you're working towards it's just a point in time that you have a check but that doesn't necessarily mean right go means go so I think there has to be some real communication and clear communication around how you're feeling because I think we talk a lot about the physical but emotionally you just might not be ready like six Mm. weeks I always think in my head, when I look you back, you might not feel in the mood at totally. all. Totally, you might have no libido, not yeah. feel horny, because or like you've had no sleep. You're yeah. tired. You're navigating your this newness. Like it's there's so much going on in your body that you might not want to, and that is totally okay. Or the opposite, you actually might feel really good physically and emotionally and be okay. But my biggest tip is be really open and honest about what that feels like and don't feel the pressure from anyone else or yourself. So I think those sources of pressure can either be from your partner, Mm. not trying to make them into an ogre, but they might be like keen to have sex. Mm. They haven't had to give birth and they might be thinking it's been six weeks, like I want to have sex. You might feel an actual real pressure from them. I'm sure they're not intending to put you under pressure, but... They want to connect and be intimate and If have it's sex their and... love language, if it's a way that they feel cared for and connected to you in a physical way, it can be really difficult to then have the absence of that. Yeah. So that's why I talk about really having that clear communication where what else can you do that's maybe intimate communication or, yeah, so or be key. closeness without the physical penetration? Because it can be really difficult, but I think it's having that conversation. So yeah. actually, can we have a bit of a snuggle? Can we do yeah. other things that are intimate that maybe make them feel feel that they're still part of it that they're connected to me and we've got that but I'm just not ready for that next step but be okay and comfortable to say that because you're well within your rights it's so complex isn't it your body there's just so much going on it's this huge amazing thing it's done you're allowed to have a bit of a break if that's what you want because also actually I think if you force yourself your body will know it and it won't want to do it and also your partner presumably won't want to be having sex with you if you're not in the mood and not wanting it if you're just sort of being like, sure, yeah, do it. I'm not up for it. It's yeah. not, that's not, no one wants to be in that situation. No, check that you feel that you're in that right place yeah. to do it. And if you're not, that's okay. And, and it can take months and months and yeah. months before you do. And I think that's really normal. I think a lot of people will think, oh my God, have I lost my libido completely? Is this me forever now? Like, I'm just not in the mood for it at all. But actually understanding it's very normal mm. to not feel in the mood you're exhausted, you're not sleeping, You your hormones are changing, you might be breastfeeding, like you're using your body for all these different things and you're just mentally and physically exhausted. Yeah. So it's very understandable to not feel in the mood. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you've fallen out of love with your partner or, or that you are changed forever. But I think just being aware that it might be many, many months before you feel in the mood again and that is very normal totally and if you do want to but you're kind of at that cusp of my body just feels weird or I feel weird some real practical tips are 
maybe dress a bit sexy. If it makes you feel confident, it makes you feel empowered and it makes you feel good, you know, have a shower. Showers after babies are like the most empowering thing ever. Like you feel like a new woman, but do that. Put on something that makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel empowered and makes you feel sexy. Use some lube because, you know, your body's been through a lot from a physical perspective. So if you need to do that, again, I would take say it lube slow. is really important after yeah. birth because everything could be tender. You just want to take it really slowly and gently and not just pick up where you left off, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, because so, you've got to navigate the changes yeah. of your body So internally. going really slowly and you're yeah, using lubrication is just a very practical mm. thing. Like, yeah. you know, even if you didn't need lubricant before, I'd say just use it to make sure that everything is very gentle like see how it feels like the first time you have sex after birth is going to be more of an exploration I think of like does this feel okay how's this it might not be sexy wild time straight away but I think you need to just take those steps and be like does that feel okay how does that feel exactly what position feels comfortable actually that's not great for me yeah and that's exactly where I was going take it slow yeah kind of embrace that new experience of what that's going to be like for you but I think don't fear it if it's what you want but just be aware of those physical steps and obviously that's if you've maybe had a vagina birth if you've had a c-section there are more practical ways because obviously from a physical perspective I've had four cesareans now so from a recovery it's very very different different, whereas I've had vaginal births I'm thinking about my poor battered vulva and vagina (laughs) you know having a penis come near it yeah but actually yeah even if you've had a cesarean, there's yeah. a totally different recovery totally. that you've got to take on. So board. from a position, yeah. is it going to be better lying on your back yes. rather than possibly doing anything else where you're bending or yeah. you're, you're going to harm your incision? So all of those yeah. things. So A different think part of that. your body is taking yeah. a battery. Yeah. So it's trying to yeah get to know what works. Yeah, Communication, I think, really is key yeah. because where you don't communicate, people fill in the gaps and make meaning that might not be accurate. And the opposite way. And the opposite way. If it's your physical touch, but actually your partner's maybe frightened or doesn't want to hurt you, you might feel rejected by them because you're like, why won't they come near me now? So I think communicating, so so you might be communicating to them saying like, I love you and I'm Mm -hmm. still attracted to you, but I feel very raw and very, (laughs) not not I'm feeling and I'm not ready. And Um, let them be able to say that to you, open up where they can say, it's not that I don't want to. I love you. You're amazing. I'm scared I'm of hurting scared. you. Yeah. And so you can have that Why don't we dialogue. try slowly? Why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. And and then you're not filling in those gaps and making meaning and feeling hurt unnecessarily when actually you might just be spiraling. Yeah. And you will because it's hormonal. Yeah. After, after so that, your I hormones are doing all sorts. Out, like explain why you don't want to have sex. It's not about you. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not about you. It's me. No, That uh, good classic yeah. line. Explaining that you don't feel in the mood at the minute and you know it will come back and it's normal and you're tired and all of those things and then I think you made a really good point about taking time because if you're with your baby all of the time there's that phrase touched out Mm. where you have a child with you maybe even at your breast like breastfeeding and someone's constantly on you and other children perhaps the last thing you want when they go to bed is like you don't want anyone else touching you yeah you want your own space so I think sometimes it's good to try and if you want to be intimate with your partner like you said, a shower or something, go and carve some time out for yourself to sort of separate from being with your children to then actually having some time alone and then being able to connect with your partner rather than feeling that your partner's touch is just like another thing. I get (laughs) like that. I get like that a lot. And I really realised how awful I can be when I get to that point where maybe in the evening he's like, oh, and I'm like, don't even think about it. Everyone's touched me all day. I don't want anyone to touch me. And actually really reframing that this is a time for us to connect as a couple and have fun. And actually this is for me to have fun too and for me to be released. Because I think I put so much pressure on, oh, it's just for him. Everyone just wants a bit of me. Because it can feel like it that. It can feel like that. So actually I really, really reframed it into 
no, this is about us connecting as a couple and doing something fun. And actually, this is pleasure for me too. It's not about giving to someone else or pleasing someone else in its entirety. This is also about me enjoying myself. And so... It's, it's like meeting needs. You yeah. feel like as a parent, you're constantly meeting Everyone's. needs. <laughs> and so then if you feel like you, your sex is becoming like meeting the need of your partner, it's mm. like exhausting. So yeah, trying to remember that this is for you as well. Yeah, totally. It's not just this about your giving. Pleasure. It's about you to take and get some pleasure too. And so reframing that slightly really helps in that. Actually, yeah, maybe I do need this too. And I've got it this. It shouldn't be like on the to-do list, like another <laughs> task. I've got to like tick that off as well. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Use... Wash the dishes, yeah. change the nappies, do the diapers, tick. Wash my hands, have sex. Do yeah, that. on the list. But no, I think it's really about reframing that to really being about connection and fun rather than it being something oh I have to do this to to give to someone else because I think there's this real physical aspect when you become a parent about giving your body to someone else and that's whether you've physically given birth or however you've come about becoming a parent babies and children are always on you you're always meeting yeah and giving giving. so I think reframing it to really being about you as well (laughs) which is difficult because we've been taught as women for it not to be about us and it always being about everybody else or it's just being about reproduction and sex is about pleasure of like being a mum you know and it is more towards being a mum than with a dad I think yeah you're meant to be a martyr yeah you're supposed to give to everyone do everything else sex is just a practical thing it's not for you to enjoy or you know no embrace that let it be something that if you want to enjoy it you want to have fun and it's something that you really love go for it and own that and don't be afraid to do that because actually it's about you being pleasured and taking your time to have that for yourself too it's not always about everybody else yeah definitely and I think it's hard to switch if you are like with your children Mm -hmm. meeting their needs and then switch and suddenly be like, right, now it's my sexy time. Yeah. So I think, yeah, trying to make, give yourself some time in between. Go and have some time alone in a room for a bit. Communicate to your partner. And then maybe I'll feel more ready to like totally. come back and we can snuggle on the sofa. Or yeah. I just need a, a bit of a moment where someone's not on me or wanting something <laughs> from me. Or asking something yeah. from me, yeah. Definitely. I think self-care is so important. Even just around healing and feeling good about your body and yourself. This is about you and really enjoying and taking this time to just have a good time. The Positive Birth Company offers award-winning online courses that are affordable, accessible and inclusive, giving you on-demand access to leading experts whenever you need them. You can watch on any device from anywhere in the world at any time of day or night. They are also the creators of the Freya app, the world's first virtual birth partner app, and produce tons of free resources and workshops to help you navigate everything from the early days and weeks after birth, breastfeeding, bottle feeding and baby loss, as well as specific workshops for LGBTQ parents and black women and birthing people. All of these workshops are completely free and you can find them on the Positive Birth Company's YouTube channel. And if you're pregnant and looking to connect with others who are due at the same time, then go to the Positive Birth Company's Facebook page and hit the groups tab to find your bump club. These groups are free to join and are a great place to go for support, advice and solidarity. You might even make a friend for life. Again, I'll be sure to include links to everything I've mentioned in the show notes. Another challenge that Mm. potentially comes up apart from the fact that you're exhausted and the children are on you and all these other things and you feel tender and everything, but your body has changed so much after Mm. giving, but it changes so much in pregnancy. And then afterwards, it's different again. So you're kind of getting to grips with this new body and that can shake your confidence a little. Yeah. And I think how you feel about your body kind of feeds into how confident you feel being intimate with somebody else. 
I think that's a very difficult time to navigate like after you've had a baby yeah because I think in pregnancy everything sort of changes slowly towards the end it definitely feels like it escalates but (laughs) your body sort of changes slowly over nine months but overnight when you give birth your body's a totally different body again yeah I think when you're pregnant as well because there's a baby there the changes you can connect can't you so you know your body's doing something so when you look at the physical changes in the mirror whether you like them or not you're going through some disconnect with it you can still actively see it's It's doing something you're proud of it yeah you're like i'm growing a baby yeah i'm doing you can see what's happening when you've then had your baby your body is then back to being your own but then it's not because it doesn't look how it did pre-pregnancy in a lot of cases so you suddenly have this real disconnect because you've not got a bump you can't you connect to it work anymore. harder maybe yeah. to feel proud of your body and you should yeah. feel proud of your oh, body totally but maybe you've got to yeah it's a little bit more difficult to, yeah. to feel that way and, and it's a disconnect when you look in the mirror you're like uh-huh. And I remember taking a picture, I think a couple of days after I had one of the kids in those huge, massive netted pants and oh, your yeah. bump doesn't go away straight away. Picture. Yeah, I posted it. Yeah. And in fact, I think it was when I had Isabella. So my eldest Sophia came in and she said, Mummy, you've had the baby. So why are you still got a fat belly? And I was like, yeah. ah. And also not only that, is it still there, but it's not firm anymore? No, so it's just it just soft. feels so different. Everything's different. Take the time to explore your body. I think looking at it in the mirror as well, but also physically there is so much going on and it it feels different and when I say that to people when people have had this conversation about their bodies with me it's what really can make you feel out of sorts because it feels different there's a skin fold that suddenly you can feel that you never felt before or you know your breasts feel different they feel tender or heavier or saggier whatever it is get used to that and get to a place I'm not saying you have to look in the mirror and go I love my body because that's it's a journey but accept what your body's done and kind of it's almost like body acceptance and neutrality just get to a point where you're like okay this is where I'm at I'm just gonna be okay with this because it's done something really awesome and I think that's the part that I I want to encourage people the most is explore that for yourself so you know what you're looking at and how it feels for you what do you now like is there something that you like yourself that maybe you didn't before is there a way you can explore that I yourself? wish I could give that gift to like new parents yeah. that they look in the mirror and just feel really proud of their yeah, body so proud and in awe of like everything that it's done and it's changed but like it has done a monumental thing by growing a human and mm. like however you've brought that baby into the world that's as close to a miracle I think as oh, you'll ever like anyone will ever see and so to be so proud of the body yeah. that's done that, instead of looking at it critically, like looking at it and thinking, what What's are the wrong bits with I'm it? really yeah. in awe like, of? Embrace the change. It's also what I don't want to do is put loads of pressure on, be proud and love it straight away, because I think that adds another layer of pressure. So when you do look in the mirror and you don't feel a connection to your body anymore, you almost feel guilty for not feeling proud or excited. And that feeling is totally valid as well. I think what what you need to do is one it's not an overnight process you're not going to wake up one day especially if you feel particularly negative about your body and just love it that's not going to happen take the time to one appreciate what it's gone through give yourself the chance to love it again or to start to accept it again because it is going to be completely different but what's important is whatever feeling you're feeling is that you accept it's valid and you know you're going to be okay and also there's this obsession, I think, in our kind of culture that we need to have a baby and go back, snap back, get yeah. back, get back. And actually, maybe your body does look the same as it looked like before you had a baby. 
but maybe it doesn't and actually we don't need to go back and look the same or try and yeah. squeeze ourselves into clothes that are uncomfortable and small. It's normal that your body's changed. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. The way the world is, there's a lot of pressure to love yourself and be confident straight away. And it's just not always going to happen. It takes time. Yeah, totally. My journey didn't start until my eldest was about three or four. And I just really wanted to be an example to her around how to be confident, how to love yourself and the importance of that. I always try and look for bodies that look like mine or go and seek out looking at you know diverse bodies and what they look like and I think opening yourself up to seeing other people's bodies I'm not saying go to a nudist beach and run around maybe but But even online open up what you're looking at if you're looking at everyone or you know a group of people who have snapback or have you know do look a certain way it is going to make you feel bad Mm -hmm. but actually there's a pool of people who have bodies just like yours so I implore people to go and kind of look for a variety or a diverse range of bodies so that you can really start to see the beauty in how much your body can change and just the beauty of how many bodies are out there it's and so how different true. they if you look. look at one type of body all the time like say the body that we often see like in the media I mean mm. it's changing it's getting better we are seeing more diverse bodies but if you look at one type of body it would be easy to constantly criticize or compare yours to that yeah but if you go back, that's all we had access to, wasn't it? It was just what we saw in magazines and on TV. Yeah. If you didn't snap back, the newspapers and things would shame you. Te- yeah, it's sh- terrible. Shame. Yeah. I think it's that Victoria it's Beckham still got, going on or... got weighed on a, yes. on a TV show just after she had a baby. And all of that stuff was horrendous. So I always say to people, if that's what you're looking at, if you follow a lot of celebrities who do snap back or, you know, Photoshop or whatever people do, move away from that and start looking for... Other people who've had babies who maybe do share, you know, I'm always half naked on the internet with my cellulite and my overhang and all sorts, but people who do that, yeah, people who normalise that. All different bodies. Exactly. And the biggest thing I always say to people is when you look in the mirror, don't look at what you look like, but who you are. So stop looking at your size and your stomach and your arms or whatever it is and actually look at who you are. You know, you're a parent, you're a friend, you're a sister, you're an amazing person. So look at who you are rather than what you look like and appreciate that. And that will really help shift that mindset. Yeah, and it's well worth it. Once Mm. you break free and you feel liberated and confident, it's worth it. Yeah. Coming back to sex, that's meant to be our our topic (laughs) of conversation. Let's talk about sex. And bringing it back, I think, as well, if you're worried about how you look you think about how attractive you might look in the terms of sex and intimacy like am I attractive and I feel like you're most attractive when you're confident yeah in your body and so for people that might be worrying about oh my partner won't like how I look now or you know my body's different maybe I won't be attractive anymore which would be like common worries I think when your body's changed trying to understand that actually owning your body and being confident in it you are going to shine out and be attractive yeah sexiness is a mindset yeah and all of the things that we deem as confident and sexy and liberated all in your mind and i know we keep saying oh it's a mindset it's but it really is sexiness isn't a look it isn't a certain yeah, body you're not type gonna be more attractive if you think well no. if i lose six pounds I'm going to be more attractive to my partner no because that's what we've been taught to believe so you've got to rewire your whole brain and it it is difficult but it isn't the go-to you don't have to look a certain way sexiness is about how you behave it's about your persona it's about how you 
strut, walk, yeah. how you it's fit. It's a confidence. Totally. I feel like it's confidence is attractive, like yeah. your self-confidence. Not arrogance, just, you know, <laughs> being comfortable in yourself. That's yeah. attractive. Absolutely. I find that attractive. Sexiness is about how you feel, not about how you look. Right, and once you've nailed that, once you're feeling confident in your body... One of the other issues that can happen for new parents and seasoned parents is that you are just exhausted. (laughs) And that. That's the feeling. (laughs) So you've kind of, yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm happy with my body, but I don't feel in the mood because I'm shattered. And I think what can happen is people fall into a pattern then of not being intimate Mm. and not having sex because they're just exhausted at the end of the day and they go to bed and then you can go into a bit of a drought. Yeah. (laughs) Drought period. And then you might be like, oh, I want to initiate intimacy. I want to get back into the mood, but I'm not feeling it. How do you sort of restart that? How do you get yourself into the mood if you want to, but you're just always tired? One thing, I think, from a practical perspective, if you've got someone who can care for your baby or for your children, ask for help. Get someone to take them for a couple of hours so you can rest and kind of, you know, reconnect if that's what you need. And I think we don't ask for help enough because there's this, I don't know, shame around someone else looking after your kids and you yeah. just doing something for can, you. Can you please look after my kids so we like to have sex today? Yeah, yeah. So, but why, yeah. why isn't that okay? Why <laughs> that can't you say, okay. yeah, that should be that okay for you say, you know, I need a babysitter because yeah. someone watch kids so me and my husband can reconnect or me and my partner or, yeah. you know, actually, I just want to on my own. Whatever that is, it's okay to ask for that time. The other thing is, I think, take the time to have that conversation about, you know, is this something we want to do? Yes, okay, let's make a plan. There's nothing wrong with having a plan. You will kind of need to plan it somewhat when you've had kids because you've got a bit more to juggle and that's okay. In fact, I, I read somewhere... Factor it into the road. Yeah, like someone did, <laughs> yeah. I read somewhere that... Um, <laughs> lady, I've never done that. Yeah, but this lady I follow, she said, I put it in I'm on Wednesday cool. nights, that's what we do. In the shared Google yeah. calendar. And I was like, what? But she said, because it's something that we want to make sure we make time for, just like we'd make time to do anything else. Why yeah. don't we make time for that? So if you need to make time and schedule it in, schedule it in. From a, I guess, more physical perspective, being tired, take time to relax when you can relax. It isn't easy. And I know when people say that really awful, sleep when the baby sleeps. It isn't possible. But we have this thing where we need to have sex at the end of the day. Yeah. So we do it at the end of the day when we're really tired. Why can you do it in the middle of the day if you're both free? And you're feeling more energetic in the middle of the day and not at the end of the day. So when you've got that boost of energy or when you physically want to, do it. There's no rule that says you have to wait till the end of the day when you're really tired. Yeah, when you're really tired. There are other times in the day. You do not have to wait. When the baby sleeps. Don't sleep when the baby sleeps. Have sex when the baby sleeps. Exactly. Or put on Peppa Pig, put the kids in the room and off you go. Like it doesn't have to be at the end of the day. What about when the kids go to bed generally earlier? you go and have sex. Fuck the washing for one night. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like leave the dishes in the sink yeah. and actually just go to bed earlier so that you're not so exhausted and then you've got time to reconnect and yeah. and be with each other. The housework and all of that can wait. Yeah, but the washing basket will never be empty. Let's just put that out there. There will always be dishes that need to be done. There will always be a to-do list. It's never going to end. And that's not a negative thing, but they are just things that will constantly exist. So prioritise something that actually is going to make you feel yeah good and, and nothing bad is going to happen yeah. if you leave that stuff no whereas actually it could be detrimental to your relationship if you constantly deprioritize your relationship mm. or just yourself if you're solo yeah. and actually you just really want that time for yourself because it makes you feel empowered it makes you feel good and it's about you then do it then leave the washing put the kids to bed and have some alone time and have some fun with yourself you're allowed to do that everything else will get done i think also if you haven't had sex for a while or you haven't been intimate and things have kind of 
die down you want to reinitiate them you don't have to then go straight to having sex no take your time it could just be building intimacy like you watch a movie together and yeah. you kind of snuggle up together or it might be that you take a shower together or something like that it i guess you don't have to go from a total kind of intimacy drought to like we're going to schedule to have sex three t- penetrate sex three times a week. You could build it up. Yeah. Intimacy, intimacy isn't just sex, though, yeah, is it's it? touch and yeah. all of those things. So maybe it's that you start, maybe you've had a child, you haven't had sex for a long time, intimacy's kind of taken a backseat and you would like to bring that back into your life. Maybe it's that you think, yeah, let's always watch a movie on a Friday night, like cuddle mm. up like that, you know, and then from there, maybe it builds to something else and a bit more and then it's, yeah. Oh, the classic, let's have a massage. Who wants a massage? Massage, you know, like you just build it up, I guess. I think we think, you know, don't forget that you can hold hands. Often when you've got a buggy, you go years without actually strolling and holding hands, like just silly things like that, you know, and try and connect physically at different touch points. Yeah. They don't have and remember to what you sense. what you like. Go back to basics. I think when you pause for a second and think, what do we enjoy doing together? Do we enjoy cooking together? We enjoy to build that connection back up again so that you can build to doing something more intimate and more physical. Because I think we focus so much on the physical straight away, but actually there is this build up. And even just for on a really practical level, a real physical level, it doesn't have to be penetrative. You can do all sorts of other things that yeah. we all know, we're all adults, but have some foreplay and just do that. It doesn't it's not this goal you always have to reach or get to there are so many other things you can explore and have fun with that exploration between each other or on your own have fun with that and don't be afraid to to have that conversation or to to try something new or to just go back to basics like kiss let's kiss there's so much that you can do and i think we forget because we get so caught up in the chaos of just life and parenting and it can be a a quick peck or whatever like you don't actually just yeah go back to those basics that you loved like together first base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. go back to bases <laughs> go back to first base and um, but it, remember what those things feel like and actually just having a snog i know it yeah. sounds so silly but actually just doing those can things we still remember partner. how to snog like, <laughs> yeah. it's been a while it's been a while but doing those things that excited you at the beginning and that you like and actually can build over time and it should be fun yeah sex is a fun enjoyable thing exactly not like, yeah can we talk about solo sex? You mentioned, yep. you know, getting to grips with... Getting to grips with... <laughs> well, if that's what excites you, get to grips with, with it. With your partner all by yourself. Yes. And I think, you know, some people don't have partners, they're single parents. Mm. So I think solo sex is very important. But even if you are in a relationship, I think it can be really beneficial. Especially if, you know, your body's changed, you're healing, you're getting to know your new body. A great way to get to know your new body is to explore your own body mm. and work out yourself what feels good before absolutely getting involved with your partner, even if, if you do have one. Mm. Actually, does it feel okay for me rather than you're kind of testing it with somebody else? Yeah. You can just test it. You can test things yourself. Yeah, and be empowered to do that. The most important is knowing what you enjoy now because there has been a physical change. And so understand what that feels like for you. What are you going to enjoy now? What do you like? Maybe something you did like is going to feel slightly uncomfortable now. Get to know that so that you're empowered to then share that with somebody else if you then have a partner. But yeah, totally go for it. Whether you do it on your own with a toy, whatever that looks like for you. One of the um, most important things or like significant things that uh, my midwife did for me actually which sounds a bit odd like it's not to do with pleasuring. <laughs> what kind of midwife did you have <laughs> no um I remember after I gave birth to my second I had a lot of stitches and I remember feeling like gently the stitches and I honestly felt like my vagina vulva everything had been like destroyed 
I felt like it was like Frankenstein. It must just look <laughs> awful. Yeah. Stitches feel worse when you touch them, but it just yeah. felt awful. And I remember feeling very low confidence. Like there's no way I would have wanted to have been intimate with anybody. I couldn't even imagine wanting to be intimate with anybody in the future because it yeah. just felt like, oh, well, that's just, that's done now. <laughs> it's broken. Yeah. It's destroyed. <laughs> and she was like, it's really not what you think. So she actually got a mirror and she was like, uh, I want I you to look say, in the yeah. mirror to see. And so I looked in the mirror and I couldn't even see the stitches that I could feel that felt so enormous. It's like it's like if you've got an ulcer in your mouth, it feels massive. And you look in the mirror, you're like this tiny speck. Yeah. It was like it felt huge, the stitches. And uh, yeah, just imagine some like awful car crash. <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, wow, like it's really neat and tiny and I can't really see anything. And then when it healed, I couldn't even see which side had had the stitches. Like, it was incredible. But mm. had I not looked, I would have just carried on living in my mind, being like, it's terrible, it's yeah. a car crash down there. And actually looking and being like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. And then, obviously, the next step is actually just, yeah, feeling yourself and, yeah. and seeing what feels good or using a toy. I've not got any, so I'm not the best to recommend. But I think you are, aren't you? Oh, well, I... <laughs> There's one particular toy that I like hugely recommend to everybody. So I am a solo parent. So this is, I haven't had sex for quite a, quite a long time, actually. But I have got my womanizer. Um, <laughs> what honestly, a name for it as well. Honestly, best thing ever. And I would recommend, I got that when I became a single parent. And I feel like it's the greatest gift you could give any friend <laughs> who <laughs> becomes single is get them a womanizer and a weighted blanket. And honestly, between the weighted blanket and the woman eyes, I felt like I didn't need a partner anymore. I am just fine. Because... I love, can you imagine when you turn up after someone's had a baby and you're like, hi, hon, here's some baby grows and a woman eyes. Honestly, this is I think the need. most practical gift. It's just they're quite expensive. So you maybe you club together with a few mates and get it. But honestly, it's changed my life. And with a weighted blanket, you feel like you're always being snuggled because it's like nice. But no one's breathing or doing anything annoying or moving and you can oh, just kick it off. Is it bad complain. that I'm married and I'm jealous? <laughs> I, honestly, I'm like living my best life right now. I've got a double bed to myself and my womanizer, which just does the job. Like, it's incredible. It's not a vibrator, I don't think you'd call it. It's not penetrative, but it's like clitoral stimulation with like air or something. It's... I'm like, Honestly, about to get my phone and Google do it. Do you know how I got it? Was someone shared with me an Amazon review that someone else had written had gone <laughs> viral. And this woman was like, you need to take the afternoon off. You are not going to be able to walk afterwards. And it was like so extreme, like her positivity for this. I was like, okay, I'm buying it just based on that Amazon well, review. Based on you now, I'm know, like, oh, yeah. hell yeah. I'm like, this this is not sponsored by Womanize, which is a shame because I would totally absolutely, yeah, please get in touch if you're listening. <laughs> But brilliant. But don't, I think, brilliant. let go of the shame of that then because we don't talk about it's okay to yeah. do that, especially when you become a parent. I think there's this like, I'm a mum now, so everything's about everybody else. And oh my gosh, I can't be a mum with a sex toy. Oh gosh, that's horrendous. We my have kids are going to find it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're going to be waving around a dildo from the bedside table. Like, it's probably going to happen at some point. It happens yeah. to everyone. But I think, let go of the shame. Like, 100%. Being, however like, I want my kids is to you. know that, you know, having sexual desire or like, is, is it a normal part yeah. of being a human being? You're still you. Yeah. You're still you when you become yeah. a parent. There's but no now that I'm a parent, I can't. Even if you have a, a partner, just checking everything works. It helps you build your own confidence. Yeah. Like, everything's still working. This still feels good. And then actually, I feel more confident engaging with my partner. Yeah. Because I road tested this all myself. <laughs> like, I've passed. I've passed with flying colours. Yeah. You know, forget the six week check with the doctor you want to check everything works yourself like full MOT but yeah and, and the other thing is um I suppose people don't talk about people don't tend to talk about solo sex anyway no, for women and like oh like, no because we're women we can't I be, got we can't into be this pleasured. too late in life yeah. I wish I'd gotten into this earlier yeah. but there's this other thing that I would recommend which is this app called Dipsy 
Okay. And it's like audio, like sexy Ooh. audio. So what like um so almost like like a story uh, yeah I was gonna say like a, a sexy book but audio because I yeah. I love I love to read I'm a massive right so if you worm. go to bed and so you like put books. your put your nice underwear on that you're saying you <sighs> listen to your like dipsy story it really helps you get you in the mood and like yeah you know if you're kind of someone who doesn't know where to start yeah and you're like okay well this is all well and good I've listened to this podcast and I got to get to know myself like how am I gonna do that set the mood yeah, set the mood listen to this story get into it you know I'm like on my phone I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna be ordering Trevor's gonna be like you have him on it you'll be on Instagram but going I've not had sex with Jess for a year I don't think you need to be a single parent to, to enjoy this because no, I honestly not. think it would feed back into your relationship yeah you know once you start to feel more confident in yourself you find yourself again that's something you can then share with your partner yeah. so I feel like it benefits them too yeah <laughs> totally whatever it is I'm, I'm down for it anyway Final question that I've yes. got for you, which I've been asking everybody on the podcast, is if you could go back in time, do you have a message for your younger self? So many messages. About sex. <laughs> <laughs> Just about sex. Do you know what? When I was probably in my late teens, for a long time I had really low self-esteem and all of the ways I would feel empowered came from other people and particularly men. And so I dare I say it out loud, probably slept slept around a little bit, which, again, if that's what you want, that's fine. But it's the reason you're doing it. And for my reason, it was about trying to feel some semblance of confidence or being empowered by pleasuring someone else. So, you know, people make you feel good when you give them something. And so I was giving myself away in the hope that I would... I don't know. Feel attracted. Yeah, and feel something. That was coming from an external Totally. And actually, I've learned so much now, and I've been on this huge journey about confidence and self-love, and particularly around sex. You don't have to give it to anyone to feel empowered and to feel good. If it's what you want, go for it. Live your best life. There is nothing holding you back. But it has to be something around you. It has to be about your pleasure and your empowerment and not about anybody else. I'd love to go back to my younger self and say, do this because you want to. And it's about your pleasure too. And it's about you enjoying it because you're incredible and they're really lucky to share this part of you with you. And also not to accept bad sex. (laughs) Like, if it's bad, don't go back there for the sake of it. Like, you don't have to accept really low bar sex. And I'd love to have told myself that. I feel like mine is slightly the opposite. <laughs> like if I went back, I'd be like, I need to have more sex. <laughs> I, I reckon not, I, I, have I completely more, understand like, the reason that you're it's, having it. Yeah. And I think I grew up like in quite a, well, Irish Catholic parents, very much like don't have sex before marriage. You oh know? yeah, I have um, And all of that kind of like negative, like it's fine for men to sleep around. That's like a, almost like it's a positive thing. Mm. I mean, not that my mum was like, it's fine for men to sleep around. <laughs> but she definitely had this thing that it's not okay for for girls yeah. like, and your reputation men it's like if they do that that's fine good for them that's part of being a man their needs because yeah. you know the men's needs they have more needs oh, it's all about them yeah like, it's bullshit anyway I think there's a lot of shame around sex and a lot of shame about wanting to have sex mm. and enjoying it you know that wasn't something that I was meant to admit so I think that kind of really stunted me you know like I didn't engage in any solo sex I had like long-term boyfriends from a very young age. And I wish, yeah, if I went back to my younger self, I'd be like, have more sex. Like, <laughs> it's fine to like sex and, and find what you like and yeah. be confident and get that womanizer. Probably didn't even exist, but <laughs> But the know. principle is the same, isn't it? Both very different experiences, but the principle that we're both saying is it's about you. Yeah. It's about what you want and what you want to explore and how you feel. And, and feel there should empowered. be no shame about it. No at all. shame at all. It's 
an absolute honour for anyone to share that with you. Yeah, that's so lovely. <laughs> You're very lucky. I'll say that to my woman. Yeah. <laughs> You're a very lucky womanizer to have me. You're going to put it on a little bit. I reckon, does it sleep next to you on your pillow in bed? Just next to me on the bedside table. <laughs> it's always there. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Jess. You've been a fantastic guest. I've loved talking about sex with you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I hope that we've managed to share some tips for people yeah. and some like helpful advice and hopefully just normalising it and helping people not feel embarrassed, not feel ashamed and encourage people to talk to their partners if they have one, communicate how you feel. Practical and talk to tips. friends as well. Yeah. Just have those conversations. I think we worry about talking about it because like you said, it's very taboo, isn't it? But you can have those conversations and be open and let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah, if you we... don't talk about it with your friends, but everyone's got a sex yeah, life, whether they're 100%. having sex or not, there is like either an absence of a sex life or there is a sex, an yeah. active sex life. Talk everyone's... about it. Yeah. Let's stop, you know, living in this shame around it, particularly as people who identify as women. Like we have this whole thing about, oh, we can't talk about it. Like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Like you said, it's all about men. Yeah. No. Embrace your... Yeah, your sexuality yeah. and your desire. And equally, if you don't feel up for it at all and it's been months and months like, and you've had a baby, like that's really normal. Mm. That's really normal. And don't feel bad about that. And again, talk to your friends because they'll tell you, yeah, that's the, that's the same with me. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, There's always going to be someone who feels the same way you do. Yeah. Whether you're on it or you're not, or you're not doing it or you are, there's always going to be someone feeling the same way as you do. And I don't do. think that needs to cause problems in your relationship as long as you're open and communicate how you're feeling. Yeah, totally. Well, Thank you so much again, Jess, for making the time to come and talk to me. And thank you so much to everyone that's listened. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do tweet us at UpTheDuffPod if you've got any feedback or any stories you want to share or let us know how you found the episode. And again, yeah, please do share the podcast. We're new to podcasting, so every share really, really helps. Before we sign off, Jess, do you want to tell people where they can find you? So you can find me at The Fat Funny One on pretty much every social media platform and obviously my book, Own It, which is available at any major retailer. And Own It, give us a little synopsis. What's, what's Just, the book about? So the book is all about self-confidence, self-love and embracing the body that you're in, but also just around confidence about who you are as a person but yeah all about confidence it's got some practical tips activities in there you learn a little bit about my journey it's like talking to a friend that's what i hope it's like an empowering conversation well i love listening to you speak so i have no doubt your book was absolutely brilliant and i'll put links to everything in the show notes where people can find you and where they can buy your book thank you thank you so much for joining me today and i'll see you soon bye This podcast is sponsored by Elvi, who makes smart technology products for women and birthing people, including their innovative Elvi trainer. Did you know that as many as one in three women develop pelvic floor problems? We are working with Elvi to bust open the taboo around our pelvic floors and get us all treating our pelvic floor with a little more love. Elvi is on a mission to empower people to take charge of their pelvic floor with the help of their innovative Elvi trainer, which offers you expert-designed care from home. It's so clever. The pebble-shaped pod is placed discreetly inside your vagina, pretty much like a tampon, and connects to an app on your phone. And then you simply begin your exercises whilst being guided by the gamified app. You'll see noticeable improvements in as little as four weeks. Plus, it's even got patented technology that tells you if you're doing your exercises right. 
We've all had those little leaks or near misses after a cough or a sneeze, but with LV Trainer, you can take back control and feel confident again. It will help speed up postnatal recovery, prevent prolapse and improve bladder control. Plus, a strong pelvic floor can also improve your sex life and offer stronger orgasms. Sign me up. 